This is FoxCast OT, a podcast for clinicians made by clinicians. It's brought to you by Fox Rehabilitation. Find out more at foxrehab.org. All right, welcome to FoxCast. I'm Jimmy McKay, joined again, uh, no stranger to the show, by Fox SLP Shannon Stocks. Shannon, welcome back to the show. Hi, Jimmy. Thanks for having me. Um, Back in March, you wrote an article for the website, foxrehab.org, where we share really great clinical articles and just uh, some some strategies and tactics for therapists who work with older adults. This one was titled Dementia and the Capacity for Learning, a Speech-Language Pathology Perspective. I like when we take therapists from different disciplines. I call them cousins, right? So they're not really like close enough to be brother and sister, PTOTSLP. They're like cousins, all in the same family. I like when we share insight from one of those cousins to the other. And I think this article really, really does a great job in doing that. So why did you decide to write this? What about dementia and the capacity for learning excited you? Sure. So I've noticed recently that I've been getting more and more referrals for individuals that are suspected to have some sort of cognitive linguistic impairment. And so I just feel like it's way more necessary for SLPs now to understand what they can do to introduce cognitive rehabilitation strategies and how they can gear it towards their patients. All right. So we don't want to skip any of the big components, right? It's always good to review. We're lifelong learners. Uh, Give us a quick dementia overview, just a reminder and a refresher for us. Sure. So there are different types of dementia. Alzheimer's dementia is a gradual progressive memory loss type of dementia due to generalized atrophy in the brain. There are multiple types of dementia. So some other types might be vascular dementia, um, which is more of an abrupt onset, or it can also be a gradual onset that's usually due to a stroke or an infarct and white matter lesions. So if your patient has had a cerebrovascular event, definitely look out for vascular dementia. There's also Lewy body dementia, which has more of an insidious onset due to Lewy bodies in the cortex and in the midbrain. Um, So you might be working with a patient who has shuffling gait or increased tone, tremors, hallucinations, and they might show symptoms of fluctuating cognition. And there's also frontotemporal dementia, which also has a gradual onset, but it could have a very rapid uh, progression due to that frontal and temporal atrophy. So that's sort of just like a background. But in this article, I did focus mostly on Alzheimer's dementia because it is the most common. All right. Good overview of dementia. Now let's talk about how dementia impacts memory specifically. This is something in terms of of working with memory deficits that PTs, OTs, SLPs that work with older adults come across frequently. Right. When an individual has dementia and they're exhibiting signs of memory loss, they might say, you know, I don't quite remember your name, or they might call you by a different name. And I'm sort of trying to direct this at other therapists who might be working with individuals with memory loss. Um, The patient might also exhibit signs of not recalling recent events, like maybe they don't remember what they did with you the last session. You might notice some language deficits, like in conversational speech, maybe they have difficulty coming up with the word for different objects. And they might also have uh, impaired visual spatial skills and possible behavioral symptoms, like denying their deficits or getting easily aggravated. 
and there are two types of memory. So there's declarative memory and there's procedural memory. So declarative memory, that's for the recall of very recent events, like what did I just read in the paper today? And we need declarative memory to learn a new skill, which can be very frustrating for individuals with dementia who are having loss in this area. There's also procedural memory, which is the sequencing of everyday activities. So that's like how your patient remembers how to get in and out of bed in the morning or how to sequence the events to bathing or showering or brushing your teeth. So we need procedural memory to retain those activities of daily living. All right, great. Now we got some background and some specifics on not only dementia, but how it affects those living with dementia and how that might uh, show up. Now, what cognitive-based interventions are available? We're going to talk about two that you went into to depth with in this article, task-oriented training and cognitive linguistic training. Can you give us a background on both of those? Yes, there are two types of training that you can introduce. So task-oriented training, that's when you can provide the patient with the skills that they might need to recall information, to maintain attention, and to problem solve. And you're training these with blocked practice, with continuous verbal praise. You're saying you're doing a great job with everless learning. So you're providing the patient with some um, tasks that are easier for them where you know they're going to be able to succeed. And then you also intertwine some harder tasks just to keep up that morale and you're providing the patient with intense dosing schedules. So you wanna make sure that you're coming in two to three times a week and you're focusing on this task-oriented training. So some of these practice exercises might be complex word problems or story comprehension tasks. Um, sometimes with these patients, I'll use my iPad applications and do some categorization tasks and learning worksheets um, having to do with money management. Those are some task-oriented training techniques. Um, but then there's also cognitive linguistic training, which is a little more specific to the patient that you're working with and their own activities of daily living. So I would ask the patient, what do you typically do in a day? What's in your routine? What are some activities that you want to get back to? You're trying to work on procedural memory uh, when you're addressing cognitive linguistic training programs. One thing that, that comes up a lot is incorporating the family and caregivers into any therapy when you're working with older adults or the more people you can add to the healthcare team, the better the outcome. You listed uh, a couple different ways and how the family can be included in cognitive-based therapy. So I always try to engage the family members in therapy in whatever way they feel comfortable. Sometimes I may ask, can you show me a family album and we'll go through it together with the patient. Um, other times I just give them some communication techniques. So I recommend the family members use close-ended questions. So rather than saying like, how was your day? Say, what did you do today? Did you go to the park or did you stay inside? So you're giving two options. That's a close-ended question or you might ask yes, no questions. And I also tell the families, you know, when you do start a topic of conversation, you want to establish that topic before entering the conversation and you want to maintain that topic throughout. So that really helps the patient who might have some attention deficits or executive functioning deficits, it will help them engage 
with the family members in a way that's more effective. What about working with individuals with Alzheimer's drives you? What I really like about it is seeing the changes in the individual and how they might be able to use the techniques that I present for them. I also like to engage the home health aides or the family members and give them carryover exercises so that these techniques that I give them during the session are also used in between the session. And that's when I see the most impact. And I think there's just, there's a lot of hope for either decreasing that decline or preventing that decline, that further decline. And I think that's really important. Shannon, thanks for taking so much uh, of your time to write this article and share it online at foxrehab.org under Fresh Fox Content. Again, that uh, title, Dimension, the Capacity for Learning, a Speech-Language Pathology Perspective. And uh, appreciate your time and talking with us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to FoxCast OT, a clinically excellent podcast. It's brought to you by Fox Rehabilitation. Fox clinicians work hard, love their work, and get the respect they deserve. Sound good? Then you'll love the autonomy to work in your own style and the support you get to achieve excellence. Plus, freedom and flexibility to have a personal life. Whether it's your first day or you've been around for a while, your contribution is acknowledged and rewarded. That's what makes Fox a success. Happy, well-trained clinicians make great healthcare. Are you a fit for Fox? Find out now at foxrehab.org.